Today we have Buster Share. He's the host of The Buster Show and founder of Hoops Nation, an Instagram account with over 1 million followers. Buster is only 20 years old, but he got his start early. He's a creative and got his start on Facebook. He had a video go viral that got 10 million views and gained a ton of followers that week. He was strategic and built a brand around it. He has had several NBA legends on the show, including Clyde Frazier, Jerry West, and Metal World Peace. He's multi-talented and has broadcasted several sports games. He's also interned at VaynerMedia. He may be only 20 years old, but he brings a ton of experience. Listen to learn about his journey. Visit nodegree.com to start yours. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nodegree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, Buster, can you give a brief introduction of yourself? <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Brief introduction. I am 20 years old. I started a basketball media company called Hoops Nation back when I was 15 or so. And I've since diversified that into a few different media outlets. Cards Nation for my sports card obsession, as you can see if you're watching the video. And Travel Nation, Ocean Nation, and a few other platforms parlayed a lot of my passions into my podcast as well. Podcast called The Buster Show and uh, love talking to people who are super passionate and doing really cool things. You mentioned you started the media company at 15. Was it a media company at 15 or was it just an idea that grew into a media company? Like, what was it at when you when you started it? What was it when you were 15 years old? Honestly, it wasn't that different then from what it is now that just the acceptance level of it was different. 500,000, you know, on Facebook, which I had back then, nobody cared about. But now the companies that were all website focused are now like, well, if you don't have that 500k on Facebook, then you're not real. The terminology and the acceptance totally flipped. But for me, it was the same the whole time. That's cool. Now, did you ever expect it to grow this big? How much is it on Facebook? I know you have like a million on Instagram. How much is it on Facebook? Like 700k on Facebook. Got 5 million on TikTok. Oh, wow, man. Congrats. Got trying to be like we were talking about omnipresent. So that's one of my companies and I love it. Um, I'm not too day-to-day in it anymore. I have the team who runs it now, but obviously still love it. Would you, let's kind of take it back. I guess we got to take it back. Middle school, like, would you want to be in middle school? What was your idea? Like, what was the job? Well, if I wasn't going to be the point guard for the Knicks, I was going to be either a marine biologist, that's what I thought I was going to be, or a broadcaster, you know, or a play-by-play broadcaster. When I was in the beginning of high school, that's really what I was working towards because I was doing play-by-play broadcasts on local high school radio for all of the sports. So field hockey, basketball, baseball, football, three or four times a week. You know, I really thought that's what I was going to do. And then when I was 17, I won best in the country for it, for doing play-by-play broadcasting under 18 or 21 or whatever it was. So I really thought that that's what I was going to do, but didn't turn out that way. And and I'm thankful for it because going the route that I did, having the broadcasting background has allowed me to go back into broadcasting. Like I call a, a league called the uh, the Crew League where it's rappers uh, and their entourage is playing against each other. Sway Lee's team won 100K in November when we did it. We got another one coming up soon. And I've called games for the NBA I think I'm the youngest person to ever broadcast a game for the NBA, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have the broadcasting background. And I also wouldn't have been able to do it if I had gone the broadcasting route because 
then there would be no reason for them to have me other than my raw skill, which, you know, is good, but it's not as great as, you know, the OGs who have literally gone that route and done it for 10, 20 years. Wow, that's nice. So when did you start growing the Facebook page? Because you said you got it to 500K. Now, how long did that take you? Not that long. Facebook organic reach was really cool back in the day. The 2015, I remember it was like a free-for-all. Yeah, I remember I gained like 200K in a day once. Wow. What'd you do to get, what was it that got you that 200K? It was a video that I edited on like Adobe Premiere or iMovie maybe, where like the audio synced up well with the basketball highlight and it got 100 million views. And then the page screwed back 200K that day. And I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. Like this, I like this game. This is more fun than any video game I've ever played. You know, you obviously were like serious about like growing it. What made you very serious? Because I, I know a lot of high school kids, right? Like you said, you get caught up in video games. You just get caught up in high school stuff. What made you sort of be like serious? Like, I'm going to grow this page and I'm going to make something of myself with this. Truthfully and thankfully, I was never very cool. So I wasn't invited to the parties. I switched high schools, so I didn't really have that many friends. I've never, you know, smoked. I don't drink. I don't party. I don't hang out with anybody. I don't play video games. So all I have left is what you see. <laughs> That's interesting. So what would you say, what was the best decision you made regarding the business? What was like, yeah, that was the one thing that like set me apart or was it a bunch of very good decisions? I don't think it was any good decisions. I think it was just consistency. It was just doing it over and over again. And all, but the best decision for me was not going to college or not even applying to college. Um, Cause it saved me so much time, let alone money. Was it a hard decision for you? Or it was just like, look, I already got this thing going for me. Easiest decision I've ever made. Still the best. I agree with you. I agree with you. I wouldn't, I would kick you off the show if I found out you were trying to go. So what were some mistakes you made? It's not even that I look at them as mistakes. It's just like, you got to go through things to learn them. My relationship skills have gotten significantly better than when I was 18 and will be significantly better when I'm 24 than what they are now. And then I think that's something that couldn't have been taught to me. It's only something that I had to experience and understand what you have to put in if you want to get out anything. You have to over-deliver and you have to provide more value than you take. These are things that I may not have understood at 16, but thankfully I'm a little bit more cognizant of those now. You know, there are people who don't understand that at 30 years old and I contact across with them all the time that it's something that you live in your life. And I'll say that definitely at 20 years old, you're definitely way ahead of anybody your age and you're still way ahead of even like a lot of adults. It's something that a lot of people don't get sometimes until it's way too late because it takes time to sort of build those relationships. Because I know how it was in high school. You have like a certain idea of like friendship and whatever. And then it really changes year by year. And I think especially in business, it's super important to have because those skills are the ones that sort of set you up. Now, how are you learning the skills that are necessary to succeed? Because you've obviously done it smart that you took like this nation brand and you've expanded it to other areas. And it's a very catchy name. How'd you sort of realize when you should expand the brand and how'd you come up with that idea? Because that takes a lot of foresight. Basketball is, as much as I love it, it's very, most people don't care. There are so many, like I always used to look at, um, I'll use beauty products as an example. I've never used a single one in my life, obviously, but there are people out there like Kylie Jenner who are billionaires from this thing that I have never even cared about, looked at, used in anything. Basketball is the same way to so many people. So obviously on both ends of the spectrum, there are lots of people being missed. 
And why not maximize the potential when you're in the position to do so? That's sort of the route that I'm looking for all that stuff. And it starts out with my passion. So I'm a huge sports card guy. So the first one I launched was Cards Nation. It was the easiest, most authentic to me. The next one is Ocean Nation. I told you I wanted to be a marine biologist earlier. There's that. The next is going to be Travel Nation. I love travel. And uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. Everybody loves travel. The real task will be when I start getting into things like Beauty Nation and all those sorts of things that I'm not passionate about. But that's going to be the real challenge. So ask me that question then. We'll do another one, part two, one day. Yeah. So do you have any like regrets about anything or just you're still learning and you're not just worried about moving forward? Every learning, like you're asking how I learned those things, I learned those things from messing up. Now, if I regretted messing up, then I would wish I had never learned those things. So it's sort of like the butterfly effect. When you go back and change one thing, then you aren't the person you are today. And if I wasn't happy with the person I was today, maybe I would want to go back and change some things. But I think everybody should be totally happy with who they are at all times and never regret anything. No, definitely true. So what were the different phases of your business? Because there's one phase where you grow. There's another phase where you're like, all right, now we're got to take money. And then there's a third phase where it's like, now it's this whole brand. So how long were the phase? How are the phases like for you? And were those the phases for you? You know, years and across different platforms, there was a point where I was convinced Snapchat was the only platform I needed to be on. There was a time where I was convinced Facebook was all, I was on Facebook and I was begrudging to my friends telling me I had to join Instagram. And I said, no, I'm not joining Instagram. I don't believe in it. And then it got to a point where I started to believe in it. You know, I'm wrong about everything until I'm right about it, as is everybody else. Like I'm wrong about, you know, these 1952 look and see cards until everybody else loves them. And then all of a sudden you're right. Like being wrong for some things isn't necessarily in perpetuity. It's it's time-based, you know, I don't know if that answered it, but. No, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's like things change. We change and, you know, we change as people now. What do you think about the education system and how do you think it can be changed? People are told a certain thing. Let's go to the top down principals and guidance counselors at the high school level. They went through things a certain way and people are biased to the way that they went through things and they are paid to say a certain thing from a much higher up board that has incentive in all of the universities and schools being successful because that's how they make money. So from the top down, people are paid to say and advise a certain thing that also falls in line with how they experienced the education system going from high school to college. So then you have people come around now in a world where the internet can allow you to create any job for yourself if you're motivated enough to create it. I'm going to be putting out a huge tweet thread on how anybody can make a living and career out of social media in three years on any niche in the world. When college advisors are put, like high school advisors who are advising for college are put up against people like that, they don't know what the heck to do with them. And oftentimes they still force them in or there are parents, that's a whole nother level, who are forcing the kids to go to school. Then there's money, that's a whole nother level. You know, and I am from the standpoint of if you're able to put yourself in the position, do what you would want to do on the other end, why would you spend money to get to that same place and owe money? So for all of those reasons, 
I think that college is wrong for most people and people uh, just aren't aware or led in the right directions. Because think about this, right? If you're 15, which I was when I started all of my stuff, if you're 15 and you're told from age 15, you're going to college, then your actions are going to fall in lieu with the preparation for trying to get into that college, for taking the SAT, for taking the ACT. They're not going to fall in line with, oh, you're 15. You can build a big business. You can build the next Facebook. Why not? I hate that saying, but why not? You know, the sky is really the limit for anybody. Or you can build the next Hoops Nation, like whatever it is. You can do something very small, like Hoops Nation, right? Whatever. But relative, it's it's great because it allows you to be in the position not to have to go to school and do what you enjoy. And the thing is, when you get out of college, you either owe money or if you don't, then you're just nobody. And you start to stack up dependencies. So the second you're out of school, you're no longer living on college campus or have all of that taken care of for you. So you have things called dependencies. And the older you get, the more dependencies you get. You get an apartment, you get a dog, you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and all of those things cost money. Now, the more costs you have in your life, the less you're able to allocate time towards risks and things that might not pan out, which is where the real great things come from, as you know. So as those dependencies stack up year after year after year, then you're putting yourself in a really tough situation. And then once you have a family, it's pretty much over. And I don't want anybody to be in a position where they're over before they started. And that's what I think college does to a lot of people. I really believe that. I agree with you. And you know, the, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of people are taught a certain way. They only know a certain way. So they only teach a certain way. I've seen some shifts in the past few years, but the main thing that really hurts is that even if they want to shift and even if they want to kids to other directions, they get in trouble because the parents don't want to send their kids to schools that don't push them towards college. And then their funding is tied to how many kids go to school. So if kids drop out and go to their neighbor's school, they get less funding. So it's like the incentives are definitely not aligned there. Now, what's your process for learning? Obviously, mistakes is... is one way to learn now are you reading books are you listening to podcasts mentors like how are you going about learning different things i'm not forcing it that's what i'm doing i'm not being put in a classroom and sitting in a chair for two hours like i'm i'm a mover like you bro like you gotta you gotta be up you gotta be moving around you gotta do it when you feel like it do it on my time you know and learning it it should be fun and you shouldn't know that you're even learning while you're learning. You know, I'm not sitting here on the podcast like, oh, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. That's what school is. School, like back to the school thing, just because we're in back-to-back topics. School is you're sitting there and you're like, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. That's not how learning should be. You should just take in things that benefit you in the long run, not I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's such a different, weird, messed up thing when you think about it. So it's, you know, hang out with friends who are super smart. It's listening to podcasts because you enjoy it, but the byproduct is you're learning. It's reading a book that you enjoy, the byproduct is learning. It should never be the, the front thing, in my opinion. When the business aspect of your business? When did it sort of come in? Because I know a lot of times people grow pages. It's just the page, right? I've seen a lot of people never get past the point of taking a page to a serious business. When did that come from you? What year or what follower account? You know, I think serious business is all relative. Like Coops Nation is not a 
fifty million dollar business yet. So I, I wouldn't say that it's incredibly serious. Look, if it's paying your bills, if it's doing that, I don't know. I consider it serious enough. Okay, that that's fair. Because there are some meme pages with like a couple hundred k, but you get a ten dollar. You know, the most they're doing is like ten dollar shoutouts, right? Right. That's fair. I think it's all just again relationships. If that same hundred thousand meme page knew the executive at every major company, they would be making millions on that page, and that's a differentiator. For someone sort of growing on like IG, if you don't mind sharing, what are your most profitable platforms? Is it like the Facebook? Is it the Instagram? Or is just having a combination and different pages benefit different? It's the combination of everything. It's me having my personal brand. It's Hoops Nation. It's Cards Nation. It's having shows on each of the platforms. So when we do brand deals, we can. Say okay, you get something on this, 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 then this, and we can package them all together. It's no one thing at all. What's your biggest accomplishment that you feel most proud of today, or what are a set of accomplishments that really stand out for you personally? I think just being pretty. I consider myself a pretty happy person. I think that's probably my greatest accomplishment. Is like given some of the thing, like the alternative route that I've gone down, and you know some of the things that have happened. Being pretty happy person. I think that's my that's my biggest accomplishment. I, I try to put that onto others too, because I want everybody to, to be super happy if they're not already. So I, I'd say that's my biggest. Did you ever reach a point where you're like, wow, I I hit this point, like, wow, this is this is real or this is like something I could have never imagined? Mm, not really. Cause you get the the more you grow, the more you do anything, the more desensitized you get to that thing. If I made a million dollars every day, a million dollars would mean nothing. If I made a hundred thousand every day, it would mean nothing. If I, you know, made fifty dollars a day and then made five thousand, it would mean a lot. Until I made five thousand every day, then you're desensitized to it. You can go and live in the biggest house tomorrow, and you'll be desensitized to living in it within a week. It's all relative. There was no point, and I once I realized that if I'm not happy right now. I'll never be happy because I'm always going to be equally desensitized to the climate that I'm living in. No matter how successful or how unsuccessful I am, it will always be desensitized to me because that's just how time works. Everything else works. Relationships, money, you know, barring like the honeymoon phase of a relationship, like nothing changes. I understood that if I wasn't happy now, and this is like a few months ago, then I would never be happy. And that perspective has totally reshaped how I sort of look at those sorts of things. No, that's very true because it's one of those things like when you're homeless, a house is everything. But when you live in a house every day, it's something you don't think about. Like breathing. That's something that everybody does. And if you don't do it, you don't live. Nobody thinks about it. And there's a reason why. There's a famous story of this guy who was in prison. I don't know if he was wrongly convicted, but he was in prison. And then when he got out, he just appreciated like being in the rain because it was something he did not experience in prison. So it's like one of those things that, you know, just being present and appreciating those things in life, because it's like when you do get desensitized, right, that's where you see a lot of unhappiness and not realizing that desensitization because it creeps in, right? It's one of those things that it's not one day that you get desensitized, it's a continuum over time and not being able to enjoy things can really, doesn't matter how much you have, right? Even some of the world's richest people are sort of depressed and not happy despite having supposedly everything. Right, because they're desensitized to their wealth and everybody's equal. Everybody's equal from that sense always because everybody's desensitized to their surroundings. So there's no difference between me and a billionaire, right? Because we're both desensitized to our surroundings. Barring like health is one that you need 
let's say some form of home is one that you need. The basic needs. The basic needs. But, you know, there's a great saying where it's like a, a healthy person wants everything and a sick person wants just one thing. You know, it's funny. My uh, friend, we were talking about something like that. And he, we were having a debate with you if you could take $100 billion. It was like $50 billion or you would be guaranteed to live to 100 with being healthy and stuff. And so I'll take the 100, the living to 100 every day. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 an interesting question. I was like, look, I would have taken the 50 billion and I'll tell you why, because whatever we work, right? And a lot of people don't realize you don't have as many days as you think. Let's say 365 days a year, right? Most people, let's say you work Monday to Friday. So you actually only have 222 days, right? So you only have like what, 130, 140 days. Now out of those 140 days, right? You're sleeping X amount. You're running errands X amount. You're running X, Y, Z. So you really, let's say you only have maybe four or five hours of free time every day. So in a week, you may only have like 30, 40 hours of free time a week. That's 160 hours and a month. What is it? A week is at, is 168 hours. So you really only have one week free a month. And then that's only 12 weeks free in a year. And then you do it in like five years, you actually only have one year free. Okay. I see where you're going with this. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you had that 50 billion, you would have every day or majority of every day, right? You'd have 12 hours free every day. Think about it like this, right? You would immediately be given a false sense of success and you would be desensitized to what you have almost immediately. And it would have severe damage on all of your relationships to an unreal extent. You would be separated from family, friends, unless you gave them what they wanted, and then they would have a false sense of success, and then they could face their own problems similar to lottery winners that they would have. You'd be putting that on your family and your friends. But look, blind trust, blind trust. If I you put the 50 billion in a blind trust and stuff. But also, you seem to do a lot of what you enjoy doing now. So would you stop doing what you enjoy? No, I still do just to a greater degree. I'd get rid of the busy work. I'd hire out some of the administrative tasks and all that stuff. You could do that in the next year without the 50 billion. You're right. I think a lot of people don't think about it. I think you're better off than you think you are. No, I do. I do think, look, I'm very happy where I am. You know, it's just one of those things that you kind of, uh, you know, ponder <laughs> hypotheticals, but it's one of those things that I tell people it's, you know, you really have to understand how much free time you really have. And that's why it's like even saving time on your commute, right? It's like you only have, let's say, 30 hours free. Now you don't have a commute. You save five additional hours. What a lot of people don't get is now you've increased the amount of time that you have free by 10 to 20 percent, which is significant, right? It's not just five additional hours. It's five additional free hours that you normally would not have. So a lot of people really need to think about when they're saving times and when they're making decisions in terms of that. Same thing, like when you're earning extra money or this is extra saving, you may earn maybe only a few thousand more, but that may increase your saving rate by 50%, by 100%. So a lot of people really need to think about like the marginal increase because that can have big impacts on your life if you're smart about how you use it. Yeah, also travel is such like a misconception in terms of, People think if they go to point, from point A to point B that that was productive, whereas in reality, it was just lost time unless you used that time well. But, you know, I go on vacation. Let's say I go to Miami, right? Three-hour flight from New York. I feel productive, but in reality, I just lost three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, look, 
I will say one thing that's really changed in the past few years is podcasts, right? So there are so many good podcasts that literally almost any topic now that you could find a podcast about, whereas like before, you know, you were stuck to a common form of things. I mean, the good thing about traveling is like, I could actually read a book while traveling and stuff. Driving was the big thing that like, I couldn't read a book while driving. I couldn't do any work, but podcasts have made it enjoyable because, you know, radio is the same things all the time. Now podcasts have really allowed me to actually be productive with that time. So now I want to ask you, how has the industry changed over time, right? Because there was a time Facebook organically goes crazy. There was a time Instagram organically goes crazy. And there are windows where it's like, look, you got to capitalize. You got to grow during this time. Because what I've seen is a lot of Instagram accounts that were big then are still big now, right? You, you're going to see certain accounts dominate from 2013 to 2015. And they still dominate to this day because they took that window of opportunity and they just maximize it, right? They grew. And then now it's so much harder. Like same thing, TikTok, right? It's like there's a window of opportunity where you could grow crazy amounts. And then later you can still grow, but now you have to have like a full plan. You have to know the algorithm. You have to have a team. You have to be so strategic. So how has the industry changed over time? I think that obviously platforms push people and their posts when they have a deficit of content. You look for, if you're trying to build, you look for platforms that have a deficit of content where they don't have enough people, so they need to push it out. TikTok is an example that was that. It's a little bit less now. And also when they put out new features. So Instagram Reels is a great example right now. Instagram Reels is pushing free organic reach like crazy because it's a new feature and soon it won't. But they want to incentivize people to use it by having their stuff perform well. So it's all just a matter of platforms that currently have content deficits where they they don't have as many posts as you know they want, and therefore they'll push your stuff out to entice you to post more. So that's really it. It's just timing. Yeah, I mean LinkedIn. You know, I used to be on Instagram, but you know, due to time constraints, like you know, you'll you have limited resources. I was like, all right, LinkedIn is the one that has that content deficit. And, you know, that's why I took back. And now, you know, I'm starting to focus more on, you know, the other social channels because it's like I have a decent reach on LinkedIn. Now, if you were to start now, you're starting, you're 15 again, and it's 2021. What would you do? What kind of opportunities would you see? Like, hey, I got to start in this channel because it has that content deficit and I could grow quickly. Well, it depends what I did. Am I trying to do the basketball thing? Yeah, basketball. Let's say basketball thing. Yeah. And then we'll we'll go to the next. So if you were to start over at 15, what are you doing? Maybe you're doing something different. I'm doing something totally different. But, you know, I'd probably focus on TikTok. I mean, that seems like it makes the most sense. But I don't think, you know, it's much more saturated now than it was then. But that said, saturated doesn't mean anything if your content's better than everybody else. But it, it does make it more difficult if your content is just as good or worse. But I would focus on TikTok. Organic reach is good and it's pretty easy. It's similar to Facebook then. Yeah, I've seen someone grow like 400K in a few months recently on TikTok. So yeah, now let's ask the more, let's ask the interesting question because I, I definitely saw something in your eyes. You're 15 again, it's 2021. What are you doing different? What are you doing? Do I, am I the same 15 year old I was then or am I? No, no, no. Now, now? You, you're, you're a 20 year old in the 15 year old. Right. The advice that I want to give, I can't because it is a very poor piece of advice for a 15-year-old because it has to do with dropping out of school. So I will not give that advice. I mean, look, the thing is you can do both, right? I feel like if if you're strategic, you can still do a lot in high school. 
I would do a lot of what I did, to be honest. I took my summers and interned for multiple companies. So, you know, my summer going into junior year of high school, I interned for Gary Vaynerchuk. I interned for Overtime, which had six employees at the time. Now they have over 200. I interned for a few other companies. And I would break my summers up like that. And I was in the position because I had the social following to show them that I knew what I was doing and I could help them. And I offered, again, to follow in lieu with that. But that's what I did, right? So I don't know how to how to sort of do more than that. No, I mean, so you tell a kid, grow a social account, leverage that to get opportunities, learn from those opportunities, and keep leveraging that. Yeah, but d- definitely don't grow just to grow. Do build stuff around what you're authentically passionate around. Um, and be super, super safe with what you're doing. Like make sure it's only the most authentic because otherwise you're going to put yourself in a miserable box. No, I've seen it where it's like, people are like, what am I doing? This is not me. The money's only so much. Some people love meme page, running meme pages. Some people hate it. I would hate to be the person that hated it. But my advice again would just be to build your network and provide value to as many people who you are betting. You can bet on people the same way you bet in as the stock market. The way you bet on people is by giving them a ton of value. That is a bet on a person. You're sort of betting on me here by having me on your show because now I really like you and that's a bet, but everybody can do bets in their own way. From 15 to 20. Now you've obviously bet on people. So how was it like have your 15 year old that's getting a large account. How was it in high school for you? Because you've had this huge account, social media. Now, did you have to be careful about who you were friends with? Or all of a sudden, did you become cool? How was that? You know, it's so funny. I was verified when I was in high school and I still wasn't cool. (laughs) There was nothing I could have done to be cool in high school. Nothing. So are you still friends with that? You obviously had friends. Yeah, all all my friends are in their 30s and 40s. I I don't really have that many friends around my age. Really interesting. And none of them kind of from high school, you're still around, really? I'm friends with a couple of them, but, you know, not not in a day to day. I can't say I've seen anybody in a year. But, you know, I, I think, uh, what was the question? Just do you have a crew from high school that still sticks around? Because, you know, like, I'll tell you something. One of my business partners, we were friends since the second grade. He was in my second grade class. And I have some friends who are I know since elementary school. And I have another business partner. We are friends since the seventh grade, right? So I'm 30 now. And then another business partner, I high school, freshman year of high school, I met. So I have some friends, right? Obviously, I have lots of friends who I met after. And, you know, I'm meeting more people today, too, who are friends. And, you know, I do have a crew from like elementary, middle school and high school. You know, I still keep in contact with. Yeah, dude, I think that's awesome. I just back when I was in high school, too, I, I allocated all of my time to my passions instead of like, parties and stuff like that. So sure, I missed out. But you know, I, I don't did, think you um, missed out on much. I didn't party in high school and stuff. I'm still you're not going to regret like oh, I didn't party in high school. Like you can party the rest of your life. So if you really wanted to, well, I'm not going to do that either. So obviously, that shows where my my priorities are. But you know, it was it was really again, just a focus on the things that I cared about. And that's another reason like, if my goal is to be cool in high school, I'm sure I could have been cool in high school. It just was my goal. Did it happen as a byproduct of the stuff I was doing? No. But did I also care? No. But when people ask, I tell the truth. Now, what's something that you still struggle with? And how are you getting better at it? Oh, man, managing multiple teams, while also trying to be laid back and as friendly as possible is something that I will forever be because I 
hate being the bad guy. And that's why I have people who are the bad guy for me. But when I have to be the bad guy to the people who are the bad guy for me, that is something that I still will always have to do. And, you know, that's something that I'll just keep getting hopefully better at, but the difficulty will never change. That's not something that goes away. So that's something that I'm working on. I mean, the fact that it's difficult for you probably means that you're a great boss. Who knows? I, I I couldn't tell you. I think your employees have good things to say about you. Now, what are the future goals? So what's the goal going forward? Keep being happy, man. Keep learning. Keep having fun. Build the things that I'm passionate about. Podcast, you know, I want to to build it as big as possible and be able to get anybody. Keep following, you know, the different things that I'm newly interested in. Do you have like some dream podcast guests? Sure. Um, Like guys like Kanye and LeBron and Jordan some of the people that that I post about a lot. Unfortunately, literally everybody in all of these is not around anymore. I mean, you got Da Vinci behind me. I'd love to have Da Vinci on the podcast, but Yeah, that'd be that would be interesting. I've missed that by a few centuries. But yeah, man, I'm I'm just a big fan of people, cool people who are doing their thing. And those are the people I'm looking to have on. Now what's the next what's like one a holy grail card that you're trying to get? Always, I love these. It's 1952 Topps Abraham Lincoln. This is his first Topps card produced. Yeah, I have like 15 or 20 of them, but I want more because as humans, we are never satisfied and I'm constantly desensitized to how many I have and keep feeling like I need more to satisfy that. But it's an investment, so it's okay. If it was an investment, it would be dangerous, but thankfully it is. It's good. I mean, look, I'm that way with Pokemon cards. I have a couple of Charizards, and I could always do another one. This is my favorite Charizard. The first Dark Charizard Hollow. The dark one? Yeah, so good. I think those are super underrated, and I'm not just saying that because I own it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, obviously, I'm trying to get the first edition of the, you know, the whatever, the base set I'm trying to get. But I, I yeah, I have the Dark Charizard. Do I have a first edition? No, I don't. But yeah, the first editions are definitely, they recently shot up in price, especially recently since a lot of YouTubers have been getting into the niche and now you, it's hard to sort of find packs. Yeah, I mean, you could buy a first edition PSA 10 Pikachu a year ago for $2,000. Now you can't touch it for under like 13 to 15. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting how hobbies change. So, you know, I got to wait till it dies down and probably get back and, you know, start buying because I don't have 13K to drop on a Pikachu yet. But, you know, soon enough, soon enough. Now, what advice would you have for a high school kid, like regardless of what they wanted to do? If I said something like that, it might make somebody feel good for a second, but it's not going to make them feel good tomorrow and the day after. The motivational saying, it's like a caffeine shot. Great in the moment, but then it, it you crash afterwards. You know, so what I would say, the things that matter are drinking a lot of water, working out every day. That's something I call no days offsies. And being real nice to everybody else because you don't know what people are going through. I think those three things will get you pretty dang far, regardless of what you know what you want to do, especially drinking a lot of water. No, I think that's it's one of those underrated things that you just don't think about till years of not doing it and it sort of catches up to you. So how would people support you and follow you? Find me on LinkedIn. Buster share on LinkedIn, connect with me. I, I still have under the, what is it, like 30 or 50,000? So I can still connect with 17,000 more people. The Buster's going to blow up. So make sure you get on that quick. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for having me.
thank you so much for your time. It was such a cool episode. I look forward. Hopefully we can do a part two when Travel Nation and Ocean Nation. Ocean Nation, I'm I'm excited about just because I know yeah. it's like one of those things and I can see so many interesting things just coming out of that. It's going to be super fun. I can't wait. All right, cool. Thank you so much. I know the audience got a lot of value. We'll definitely keep in touch. All right. Peace, man. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show's worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem. NoDegree.com. Yeah. So, you got no degree? No problem. No problem. Any problem, we can solve them. We got this. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. Growing and knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.